The Federal CIO Council has reorganized, reducing from six to three the number of committees. Among the surviving committees is one focused on information security and identity management. Hello, I'm Eric Trabro of Information Security Media Group, and to discuss the organization and what it means to securing federal IT, I'm pleased to be joined again by Defense Department Deputy Chief Information Officer Robert Carey, who along with Justice Department CIO Luke McCormick, co-chair the Council's Information Security and Identity Management Committee. Welcome back, Rob. Thanks, uh, Eric. Appreciate being here. First off, what does the organization say about how the Obama administration and federal CIOs view information security? As Steve uh, re-wickered the federal CIO council committees to sort of be that collaborative body at the federal level and to discuss IT issues and come up with, you know, consensus-based solutions and ways ahead, it does say that protection of security and information security is, is paramount on his list to ensure that the CIOs and the CISOs are aligned within their particular agencies to deliver outcomes at least cost. Luke and I have been partnered for a little while, and I actually co-chaired this committee Committee, uh, a couple of years ago to really hit the centroid of issues that are germane to the agencies today. What are those issues? We're focusing on continuous monitoring and the, the ability to roll out automated tools to help CISOs manage network security, and then the, the inculcation of identity into the information access process. Identity management, the rollout of smart cards, PKI, or an equivalent to deliver that linkage between the person accessing the information and the actual information is Luke and my focus right now. Let's talk about each one of those. Let's start off with continuous monitoring. What are the challenges agencies face in continuous monitoring? And in answering the question, can you also address how Defense Department is approaching it? It's a, an opportunity to take how we accredit systems and move into a more automated manner. So taking a checklist from a NIST Special Pub 137 and the controls that are mapped there and trying to now automate the implementation of the controls in the NIST publication to systems and networks, basically taking a whole lot less time, but also at the same time, hopefully improving security. The process is that very few people are doing it today. DOD has an HBI deployment. I think justice has big fix. So there are places where this is being done, but it's not being done holistically across the government. At the same time, the NPPD organization within DHS received uh, money from the Congress to acquire tools that enabled this. And, and so they've awarded a contract most recently to, a, or a, a, I, oh, I should say a BPA, to a bunch of vendors to put out these tools that meet a set of standards for a set of these controls. So we're beginning to provide a government enterprise approach at continuous monitoring to assist in moving the focus away from a checklist management to approve systems for use on networks and then hopefully to also enable information security at a higher level. Can you explain what makes continuous monitoring implementation so difficult? It's new, and it's pretty complex because these systems are running in the background on your network. I wouldn't say it's so difficult. It's just we need to get on with it and do it. And then, of course, anything that you're doing new that requires resources in a resource-constrained environment just becomes a challenge. Explain how it's being done at the uh, Defense Department. We have HBSS deployed, and we use that to manage and monitor our network security our work at the workstation level. 
What we're doing is working with a joint continuous monitoring working group of which we co-chair it with DHS to take what we're doing and what they're doing and come together with the set of data we want to collect and make sure that this DHS dashboard is populated appropriately, but continue on with raising the security bar as well as automating or making the process quicker to accredit systems. What we're doing is, is using the tools we've deployed today and building upon them. Is this continuous monitoring, it should be able to identify vulnerabilities in the system. You talk about it being accredited, but uh, can you talk a little more fully what continuous monitoring, or I hear the term now, continued diagnostic? Well, it's not diagnostic. It is monitoring of specific elements of networks and systems on a routine basis by a tool and reporting back that status. So at the end of the day, it does help you understand is something going wrong. So, so imagine a metric here is a far improved time to detect a challenge, if you will, uh, something that's going on that should not be. The time to understand that should be reduced dramatically when the CM tool sets are deployed fully. And I believe uh, they set aside up to $6 billion over five years for this. Correct, correct. But that, I mean, that's a ceiling too. So it's not all funded at that level. That's how much they're allowed to buy based upon the contract. How will we judge that continuous monitoring is effective? The amount of time it takes to go through a certification and accreditation of a system should come down dramatically over the next couple of years, right? This is a slow development. We have a set of controls that are built by NIST in the 853 series and then the 800-137 series for contingent monitoring. So, so these are the things that the CISOs are already doing, but they're doing in a manual basis. As we build the tools that automate those controls, the, the monitoring of most of the controls, we should see, A, the process and the amount of resources it takes a, a CISO to accredit a system go down dramatically, which enables him to reinvest manpower in other aspects of his operation. So that's one benefit that you'll see. And then two, as we get smarter at this, I think we're going to see just better information security across the board because we'll be able to put in tools that are managing uh, anomalous behavior, and we do a good job today of connecting tools to have consolidated reporting that allows us to see and shut down bad behavior that's happening quicker. The other part of the name of your committee is identity management. Why don't you discuss some of the projects going on with identity management? We have GSA, Federal Identity, Credential, and Access Management team. Uh, Deb Gallagher's crew is one of our subcommittees. So she is working to identify you know, the implementation guidance and the standards for rolling out uh, identity and as it links into information technologies at the federal level. Today, uh, HSPD 12 exists, and frankly, we have a varied scorecard on the implementation of that. The cards are out. Uh, the DOD has rolled out, you know, many, many million uh, common access cards, and we use them to log on to our networks, and we use them to sign encrypt emails, and we use them to get access to websites. Certain agencies have done the same thing, but some agencies have not yet got that particular utilization of the card done. So, so what we're trying to do is figure out how to make best use of that infrastructure of smart cards or other equivalent tokens as we move into cloud computing, as we move into uh, the mobility segment, things like that. And what are some of the challenges in getting it done? 
once again, resources, once again, the, uh, the, the complexity of the back-end engineering the, and the time required to enable an application to be or a website to be public key infrastructure enabled, or the fact that they had already invested in one particular token and then determining its equivalency to the set of standards that we want to see met. Is there a time frame on this? We're all just working at its best pace. HSP 12 has been out for a long time now, so, so the, the mantra has been down to do this, and I think agencies implemented it consistent with their resources, uh, and, and we, Luke McCormick and I, don't speak for that resource trend. We're just trying to now get ourselves into a place where identity is sort of key to access information on national security systems, and as I co-chair the Committee for National Security Systems, CNSS, you know, identity tokens are absolutely essential to access national security information. So, so those lessons learned are being imported back into the standard on classified world and making sure that, you know, we don't break anything as we do it. And, and so what we're trying to do is make sure that we enable the agencies to do the work that HSPD-12 has sort of directed them to do. You mentioned resources a few times. How limited are federal government resources to implement uh, information security identity management? It depends on the agency, Eric. Some people jumped on it right away, and some people did not for various reasons. So I, you know, that's an agency-specific question. But suffice to say, you know, it's a it's a budget-tight uh, world right now. Resources are precious, and so where you put your money. Now, I would tell you, and we believe this, and I, I'm I'm positive that Steve Van Roekel believes this. The benefit of linking identity to data and apps is, is very powerful. So the question is, how do I take advantage of that with the resources that I have? And that's, again, agency-specific. Is the purpose of the committee that you co-chair be a facilitator with agencies, or are you on there to look at maybe new types of technologies that could help secure federal IT? No, so more the former than the latter. We're trying to create a forum by which the I'll say the haves and the have-nots can collaborate and the best practices can be shared and create a common methodology to move forward across the federal government. In the security space, if we have 25 different answers to do one thing, we probably have not enabled information sharing and we'll break other administration priorities and goals. ICMC creates a forum for the CIOs and the CISOs to come together on common standards and a common way ahead. Similarly, we champion the initiatives that we think are the, uh, are the best ones to, to work on and to point out on the classified systems, uh, DOD is the shared service provider for smart cards, for the PKI tokens for secret networks. Through iSIMC and through CNSS, and I happen to co-chair both of them, I have sort of driven us up into the, hey, we'll do this on your behalf. You just need to buy your stuff from us. Don't create your own infrastructure. Buy the cards from DISA and uh, we'll go from there. So, so it has provided an acceleration vehicle to do certain things because we have the ability to round up all the likely suspects and drive them to the common solution and then make sure that they're only putting resources towards the things that are germane to their agency and not the common parts that are benefiting all, which we've already built in DOD, for example. You um, said you chaired this committee, I believe it was back when you were uh, at the Navy Department. How would you compare the kinds of things that you hear from agency CIOs several years ago and what you hear today? The challenges are the same. They have put resources to problems, 
But again, the threat becomes more elegant and more capable. Ergo, the things you invested in four or five years ago are insufficient today. There is always a comment about, I'm not where I want to be, and that's because things are occurring beyond your capabilities or your control that require you to continue to stay at this. So there is a information security tech refresh process that you have to continue to stay up on so that you're providing adequate levels of protection to your data. Thanks, Rob. All right, Eric. Take care. I've been speaking with Defense Department Deputy CIO Rob Carey, who co-chairs the CIO Council's Information Security and Identity Management Committee for Information Security Media Group. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.